Good afternoon and welcome to Find Your Sparkle with Jen, where you'll be inspired, informed, and influenced. I'm Jennifer Stewart, owner of Jazz Potential and creator of Find Your Sparkle. And today I'm very excited to have with me my friend, Wendy Bjork, who is a multiple cirrhosis warrior for over 30 years. Welcome, Wendy. Oh, thank you. It's so exciting to have you here. Now, I want to give a little bit of an introduction for you so people know a little bit about who you are. You and I met a couple of years ago through an online group and quickly became friends and we got to meet face to face in October of last year, which was really amazing. Um, But you are a go-to mentor for empowering women that have been diagnosed with multiple cirrhosis to improve their mind, body, environment, and relationship by bringing out their inner warrior. That's amazing. You live in Wisconsin with your husband and two teenage sons. And as someone who has dealt with MS your entire adult life, you now work with other moms struggling with it by designing premium personalized programs to not only give them hope, but to help create their new normal and what feels good again. You've also spent the last six years finding ways to heal naturally. And you've recently authored two ebooks and you've newly been invited to be an author for the National MS Society's Momentum magazine. So this is this is pretty big news. So I am super excited to have you here. Welcome again, Wendy. Thank you. Now, can you give our audience a little sense of your background? Because we know that, you know, people relate to different stories. And I know that your story is definitely one that people will benefit from hearing. And that ripple effect, of course, is always far reaching. I think it started when I was about 16 or 17. I would have these weird feelings in my legs, like after I took a hot bath or a hot shower, like they were spaghetti when I got out. And I would tell my mom and, you know, I would tell the doctor, you have an annual sports checkup and nobody really thought anything of it. And it would kind of gravitate down into my feet where they would alternate being numb, you know, take turns. And it just kind of kept progressing where it would last longer or happen more often. And I didn't really have anything big happen until I was 22. And I just started my first real full-time job and was in a stressful, busy insurance office. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I was on the phone with this guy who was really mad. All of a sudden, it was like someone had their hand over my mouth and I couldn't get my words out. And I thought, oh, wow, am I having a stroke? What's going on? So I hung up on him and just like ran to the ladies room to put, like compose myself because I was so scared. And that would have been terrifying. Like what was going through your head at that time? Yeah. I mean, you know, I was 22. It's like, what's wrong right. with me? I kind of you know, calm myself down and like I could speak again and my coworkers came and checked on me and I told them what was happening and they wanted to call 911, but I said, I think I'll be okay. I'll just, you know, definitely tell my doctor. And then the worst part was I had to call the guy back. <laughs> that must have been hard, especially at 22, because you're, you're not used to dealing with irate clients, I'm sure. And then to try to explain what happened, I mean, he was still angry And I don't know, I think I had my boss talk to him because I just, and then I saw, I think three or four neurologists and one of them finally put all the pieces together. They did an MRI on me, which that was pretty new to technology in the nineties, saw some things on my scan that didn't look good. And I guess called it MS and put a label on it. So how did it feel getting that label? Were you relieved or were you more stressed about it? Or, you know, were you convinced that that was exact, that that was actually what it was? Well, I was kind of 
upset because my grandma had had rheumatoid arthritis and she was diagnosed probably in her mid thirties. She was Mm -hmm. stuck in a chair all day long. She couldn't walk. She couldn't do anything. I mean, maybe she did have part MS too. Who knows? But her hands were crippled. And all I could think of was, I don't want to end up like that. I just kind of led my life like I wanted to and did what I wanted to until a couple of relapses caught up with me. So at that time, what was the the prognosis for you? Did the doctor say, you know, go ahead and go live your life the way that you want to live it? Or did they put in, impose kind of restrictions on you? Was there any kind of a, a regimen of treatment or exercise that they suggested for you? No, as a matter of fact, they just gave me a stack of booklets and said, here you go. Did you feel alone? You must have, I, 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 I can't help but think that you would have felt very alone, especially, you know, during the, that young age. My boss at the time was into personal development, and that was way before it was cool. You know, this is the early 90s. He actually sent me to Stephen Covey's like week-long workshop. That really gave me a lot of tools, and I still use some of it today. Talk a little bit about that, because that would be, how old were you when you went to that? Like 23. So that's really, really young, and that's a huge opportunity. I'm not sure that there'd be too many employers out there these days that would be willing to to do that for you. So can you talk about what kind of aha moments did you have during that time? Well, first of all, going into the room, it was all business owners. So there's little me. But did you I feel just, intimidated? Yes, big time. I mean, there was people from the San Jose Mercury News there and, you know, just learning. And like I said, all these business owners that were very successful. And yes, it was very intimidating. And I just tried to absorb everything that I was being taught and just really dug into it. So when you say that, can you, can you reflect back and, and give some of our listeners some of the things that, that popped out to you that you know, really made a difference and got you involved in personal development? And obviously, you went on to, to carry that on because that's eventually how you and I came together. Right. You know, those seven habits... I can't probably name them all right now, but I take like three of them and I still use them like the paradigm shift. Um, Just because something appears to you one way doesn't mean that's what it really might be like, you know, in reality. And I think I find that just with dealing with MS, you know, you don't assume that you know how somebody feels. And more recently, you just assume positive intent. And the other one I always rely on is sharpen the saw, you know, try to always Mm. do something for yourself self-care is so important. So what kind of self-care have you been doing over the last three decades since you were diagnosed? Um, I would say I try to read a lot and I used to just read junky fiction books, but now I read things that are helpful, you know, helpful to me or helpful to people that I'm working with, helping them navigate just life in general, you know, life with kids. And even now it's just so much harder that everybody's been on lockdown. And there's just so many wonderful books out there that are so helpful. And if you don't like to read, just grab an audiobook. Now, audiobooks are something that I was never a fan of. However, I have recently moved out of the city and do a lot of driving. So I've actually become a convert, if you will. But I want to get back to when you were going through, you know, that whole evolution of, of being diagnosed with MS and, you know, the paradigm shift. Can you explain some of the, the biggest paradigm shifts that have helped you in terms of your thinking? One is that it's not a life sentence. That's you know, really important because I know sometimes people, when they have received any kind of a diagnosis, that they automatically 
we're, we're kind of conditioned to go for the, to the worst. Right. Right. So how did that help you? And I think I love that you say it's not a life sentence. That's, that's amazing. I think a lot of it has to do with your own attitude and, you know, looking back, just trying to have a positive attitude, even if your day sucks. I mean, just try to find something good that's happening, something to be grateful for, because literally that helps your nervous system stay calm. Because as soon as you start worrying about what's not, what may or may not happen is bad for you. Right. And, and as someone with multiple cirrhosis, when you have those days, what kind of an effect would it have if you stayed stuck in you know, worrying and thinking about all these things that could potentially go wrong. I mean, it definitely affects your ability to think or walk or your balance or, you know, if you have something happening at the moment, it'll just make it worse. That's, that's a challenge because I know it's, it's easy to get stuck in a specific situation. Can you, do you have any specific tools besides being grateful? Like if, if you're really stuck, it's easy to say, let's find something to be grateful, but do you have any tips that will help you to, to find that, to, you know, break that cycle of being stuck? I think just stepping outside and I know I live in Wisconsin, so it's easy to stay in the house, but just step outside and just look around and just take a big, deep breath. You know, even when I have migraines, that helps just to clear your mind. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I love, for me, if I didn't have nature, I'm not sure what I would do. And even if I'm not in a place where uh, nature is very readily available, for me, I I like to say I take a five minute vacation and I go in, (laughs) I just go into my mind and I find my happy spot. And that for me really helps. Is there anything else that you can think of that would be that maybe somebody listening here who's in a similar situation where, where you've been, because you, you know, you've, you've got the t-shirt, you've been there, you've had to drag yourself out. Anything else that you can think of that someone could resonate, maybe resonate with? Um, besides being in nature and find somebody that you can speak to. I know that was a big lacking area for me just having a support system just having one or two people that you can talk to I guess that's where I feel like I can help people fill in those gaps because a lot of people when you talk to them they want to help you and solve your problem right away but sometimes you just want to talk that's a really good point because we do as humans I think that you know our nature is when someone poses a situation or a problem we want to jump in right away and and solve them or give them some, you know, potential solutions. But you have a really good point. Sometimes you just need to listen. And we're not always that great about listening. But we're going to talk more about that when we come back from our break. You're listening to CIOE 97.5 FM and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Find Your Sparkle with Jen and welcome back, Wendy. Now, before the break, you were talking about some of the things that you had done to help when you're, you know, when you get stuck in that. But as you have evolved over 30 years now of having MS, you've actually taken a lot of charge back in your life and have done some really incredible work and amazing things that have helped you to combat the systems that you love to share with 
the people that with whom you're in contact with. And it's not necessarily just for people with MS, it's for other, it's for people in general, but also for people with other autoimmune deficiencies and, and disorders. Is that right? Right. I was going to say, let's talk about food for a minute and, and some of the ways that you have integrated different eating styles and habits into your life. Sure. I never was really a big dairy fan. And when I took that out of my diet, I decided I felt a lot better. And it took, you know, probably a couple months to maybe get all of it out of my system. But and then I cut out sugar and then wheat or gluten. And that has really made a huge difference. What kind of a difference? In t- in, was it with your symptoms or with the way that you feel overall? Or can you get a little bit more explanation? I, I think overall. And I think I was walking better. I think I just felt less maybe there's less inflammation. So what does your diet consist of now? Well, in the mornings, I just start out, I make a smoothie and I've been chopping up celery and putting in it, which I don't like celery. It's amazing how you can hide some of the things (laughs) that you don't like in in smoothies. (laughs) You can incorporate a whole lot of your fruit and vegetables in one of those babies. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Are you eating more whole grain and whole foods? Well, I've pretty much cut out all grains. Oh, all grains. Right. Okay. Right. You're gluten-free. Sorry. That's okay. um, so fruit and vegetables is a main staple for you. Mm-hmm. And what about protein? Um, I'll use, you know, like if we have chicken for supper, then I'll just throw chicken on my salad or just have a little bit of it, a little meat, you know, with a salad or because I have three guys to feed. So I still have to make big meals. So. Oh my goodness. I guess. Absolutely. So you've noticed a difference for yourself and your family with the way that your the lifestyle changes that you've made in terms of your diet. That's amazing. So what about essential oils? I know that they've played a huge role in your life too. And I mean, that's a whole other interview, but can you give, you know, is there, what are some of the benefits that you've seen from using essential oils in your life? I guess looking back, I've had migraines since I was 13. And Mm -hmm. I'd read an article in a magazine once that said, lavender essential oil is good for migraines. Mm -hmm. So I bought a bottle of lavender. It was probably like $10 off of a website. And I went through the whole bottle and it didn't help. And I thought, well, whoever wrote that article didn't know what they were talking about. Like you said, this whole essential oil topic is a whole nother session because there's so many factors that deal, go into oils. You know, I try to buy, or I do buy pure lavender I put in a diffuser every night and it helps so much with sleep. So calming. And I actually keep another bottle in the kitchen because I burn my hand a lot. So that's awesome for blisters. Well, that's good to know. I didn't realize that. I love lavender too, but I certainly didn't know it had the healing properties of healing burns. That's mm-hmm. that's really good. Do you have any other favorite essential oils that you'd like to share? I guess peppermint is really good. And that's good for if you're just feeling kind of water in the day you just you know even take a whiff of it and it just kind of wakes you up um just keep it away from your eyes because that will really burn um my other favorite besides the lavender and peppermint is i put all three in a diffuser together our lemon lavender and peppermint and that's just really a nice combination it's kind of spa like yes has the pick me up the calming and the fresh lemon pop (laughs) i love i love that now Moving on from essential oils, I know that cleaning products have had a significant impact in your life and you now have a new way of cleaning. Can you talk about that? Because that's something I think that everyone can definitely benefit from hearing more about. Sure. And this was probably my initial 
venture down the healing journey about eight years ago. And we started using a different laundry soap that used like a tablespoon. And that was when, you know, you're still using a big capful in your machine because that was what you're told to do and what's on the bottle. Except all those chemicals stay on your skin and on your clothes and your bedding and your pillow. And that all causes inflammation and a host of other problems. I realized this was all, like I said, back when I started trying to figure out how to make myself feel better. I was actually checking out books from the library just to really figure it out. So how did the clean, how did the cleaning products come into your, your vision that you thought, oh my gosh, this is something that I can definitely, definitely work on and, and fix. I guess in the books that I was reading, it talked about all these chemicals that are in all the products. Every time you go down that grocery store aisle that, you know, you have to cover your nose because it smells so awful. You know, all those chemicals are really untested. And I mean, there's been like 100,000 chemicals released since World War II in our country, not tested. And they're not tested on how they work together or what the impact they have. And that really opened my eyes. And once I started really reading my labels and figuring out which ingredients were, you know, harmful, that really helped me feel a lot better too. So now what do you use for cleaning? Products that don't have ammonia or bleach or any of the volatile compounds in. Because when you go down that, you know, the aisle in the grocery store, what you're smelling is they're all off-gassing through the plastic. Mm. And that's That's what you're getting. That's a scary thought. So anything. It's definitely a scary thought. Yeah. As soon as you smell it, it's in your limbic globe in like 30 seconds, whether it's good or bad. Oh my goodness. So alternatively, now you have gone and basically revamped your household in terms of what you are putting in there. So the cleaning things that you're using, because a lot, what I've heard from people is, you know, if it's natural, then it's not going to be a good cleaner, but that's not true. Well, sometimes it is true. And I don't probably want to admit out loud how many of I've products I've tried trying to find ones that work because it'll say natural, but yes, it doesn't clean or, you know, get rid of the germs, which is a big thing now. Absolutely. So what kind of products are you using now that you feel safe having them around you and your family? I've switched everything over. It's the wellness company and they're based in Idaho. They've been around since the mid eighties and they have everything we need from laundry soap to you know, floor cleaners, the kitchen and bathroom cleaners. And it's just made a huge difference. When you, what kind of a difference? When you walk into the room, you don't get that whole face full of bleach after you clean your bathroom or your toilet. You know, it's, it smells good because it's not full of chemicals. Have you noticed a difference in your health because of using them? Yes. I don't get headaches nearly as often as I used to. And I sleep better and just feel overall better. That's awesome. Now you offer a mentorship program. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's, I think that's really important because I know when, when you were initially diagnosed as with most people with MS, they, there was not a huge support system. So mentoring really can help people who may not otherwise have anywhere else to go. So I'd love to hear more about your mentorship program. Yes. And that's, it's all because when I was done, you know, doing what everybody told me to do, and wanted to heal naturally or figure out what's wrong with me. There wasn't one good resource to turn to. And that's why I was just diving in at the library because I wanted to figure it out. And now I want to be the person for other people that are looking for a different way. 
and help them navigate life. Because like, you know, when you go to the doctor, you get 20 minutes with the doctor and you get sent. If you're lucky. Yes. And now it's telehealth. So you get a phone call with the doctor. What does your mentorship program provide to your clients? Well, initially we can start out with a call and just, you know, figure out where you're at. And if you decide we can create a blueprint for you and you can run with that blueprint and do the steps all on your own. Or if you want someone to walk with you, I'd be happy to work one-on-one with you and just get it all done. Just, you know, have a lifestyle reset. It's not hard and it's unbelievable how much better I feel. Good. And you're, you love to provide your clients with that same kind of step so that they're not alone. So can you give an example of what a blueprint would entail? Like at the end of it, what difference would I feel? Sure. We go through the four cornerstones, which are your mind, your body, your environment and relationships. So with your mind set part of it, and we just talk about what you have going on and how we can help you with your positive mindset and your body. It's what you're eating, what you're drinking, what you're putting on your body, and then your environment is your household or what you're using inside your home. And then the relationship part is the relationship with yourself or your friends, your spouse, partner, your kids, just, you know, where you need help. That's amazing. Now you have your two books. Can you talk really quickly about your eBooks? And then actually also um, you have a great offer for our audience that you'd like to offer a complimentary discovery call. So talk a little bit about that before we end today. Sure. Um, The two eBooks are, the first one is an MS guide. And I basically wrote it for just to relate to people back to my journey just to see if it sounds like something you're going through. And then the second ebook is actually titled um, in relation to, you know, is cleaning your home affecting your immune system and really gives an outline of what we use in our homes. And nobody tells us not to use this stuff. It's just in the store, you grab it, you use it and don't think anything of it. How can people get in contact with you and book a discovery call? Um, my website is, it's just easy. It's www.wendybjork.com. And, and Bjork is, Bjork is spelled B-J-O-R-K. Right. Awesome. And my final question for you today, Wendy, is what makes you smile and sparkle? Oh, what makes me smile is just this ripple effect that we can have on the world and on our families. You know, it's just one family at a time is going to be helped by this. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much. It's hard to believe that we're out of time already, but it's been a wonderful, I've loved really hearing some of your story. And I know that some of our audience is really going to resonate with this. Thank you so much. And remember to go out and do something that makes you sparkle today and every day. You're listening to CIOE 97.5 FM, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye friends. Welcome to the bonus segment interview with Wendy. This is just an additional part of us having an unfiltered conversation in case there's some other information that Wendy wanted to share that's not going to be able to be on the radio program, but can be added to the podcast. So Wendy, while we were talking, were there any things that came up that you thought, oh my gosh, I should really talk about that. And I'd love for people to know more about it. I think one thing is that we all get to the point where we're just done feeling like guinea pigs Mm. and it just, I guess that that that's the point where I was at. 
I was done with things being thrown at me, you know, try this or try that, you know, they tell you at the doctor. And if one thing doesn't work, then you call the nurse, tell them it doesn't work. And you're just in this loop. And then the side effects from all of that, it's just kind of really scary. Did you feel like, were you properly advised of some of the side effects? And, and I'd, I'd love that you feel like that you admit it feeling like a guinea pig. Do you feel that the, the medical profession has a good, a good grasp on MS and how to really actually help people? I guess in talking to different providers, maybe not just neurologists, but they even say they don't have enough time to talk about lifestyle during appointments because they're mm. so short appointments and maybe they're not trained in diet or, you know, what to eat or what not to eat. If you could wave your magic wand, what would you like to see in the medical profession in terms of, and maybe not in the medical profession, but in, in society in general of, you know, how to really equip people with, that are suffering from, you know, MS and other similar diseases? I guess just to be able to take charge of their own health, you know, and I think, I don't think it's hard to do. You just have to be bold and just decide you're doing that and just speak up for yourself without, you know, feeling insignificant. Did you, when you say that, did you feel insignificant when you talked to some of your providers? Yeah, they make you feel like, well, they're the doctor. So why wouldn't you listen to them? You know, how dare you go on your own and do your own research? So it's all ego-based. Yes. <laughs> very much ego-based. That is unfortunate. So if you could wave your magic wand, maybe we could get rid of ego and that might help people to be more open, wouldn't it? Maybe. <laughs> I, I know that ego really has, it, it can hold you back big time. And, you know, and I don't know, I like, you know, people like us, we like to be open two things and to be, you know, you never know where things are going to come from, even in, you know, conversations like you and I are having right now, you never know what, you know, what kind of an epiphany or what kind of an aha moment someone might even have when, when you felt insignificant, how did you deal with that? Well, I can remember talking to my neurologist about the fact, and I don't remember who the book was written by. It was a long time ago you know, about wheat or gluten or dairy, you know, just asking him, does it have an effect on me? And he said, absolutely not. And I thought, mm -hmm. okay, so I just went home and just, that was the thought of diet's not going to help me. You know, and it took another 10 years to figure that out for myself. Wow. wow. So I think really what, what you would like to do is condense that journey that you had to be able to help people to, to bypass all of that, that stuff that, you know, whether the professionals don't know, don't care to know, don't want to know, don't want to expand their, you know, their feelings. What about alternative healing and alternative medicine? Have you had any experience with that? Uh, I do see a chiropractor and she, she doesn't adjust me like normal chiropractors. She just touches the side of my neck. And I don't know, maybe it's more therapy too, just to be able to talk to someone that's, you know, a holistic provider and bounce ideas off her. But mm -hmm. you're right, just having, just being that person that's outside of the medical field to 
listen to you and, you know, talk to you about a different way. I think that that's huge. And I think that alternative healings and alternative medicine, alternative everything is really making a, a, a reappearance because obviously it's been around, most of it has been around for a long time. Um, if you were to go back in time, what changes would you make from the time that you were diagnosed or that you even, when you started having those tingling sensations when you were a teenager? I guess not knowing now what it was, I probably would have cut out all those bad foods, inflammatory foods right away. Definitely. To prevent what about in, in terms of exercise, do you feel, are there certain exercises that you do or can do that have benefited you more than others? I think yoga really helps a lot and stretching mm. just to keep the sniff, the stiffness, you know, at bay. Awesome. Um, now tell us a little bit about getting the, being one of the authors for the MS uh, Society's Momentum magazine. Well, that was really exciting. That's, I guess definitely exciting. Can you talk a little bit about that? What are you going to be writing about? What are you going to be sharing? How often does the magazine come out? <laughs> well, they have converted it. There's a print magazine, but they're converting the blog to being just online or online and in the magazine. So the first article I sent her was about why did my bladder stop talking to my brain? And just in all the Facebook groups with MS moms that I'm in, I mean, some of them have 20 or 30,000 people in it. And that's a wow. huge problem and nobody talks about it. So mm -hmm. I wrote a pretty raw article about it. And they said, whatever I send them, they're going to publish because they like the raw journey. Well, and I think it's the raw journey and the being vulnerable that is going to make the impact, I think. Right. Instead of trying to, the I'm fine attitude and the, I've had that attitude for 28 years. You know, I don't want any help. I don't need help. I'm fine. Right. Was there anything that happened that, you know, kind of helped you to be, you know what, maybe, maybe there's more to this and maybe, you know what, how, getting and being more vocal and asking for help. It, it's hard to do. It's hard. It for is hard. And it's hard for anyone. Yes. And sometimes you just have to let somebody help you. Whether it's putting groceries in your car or getting groceries for you, you know, just let them do it. So now when you have your down days or um, if, if the, your MS is acting up, what are you doing for yourself, Karen? Is there any change of a routine? Do you have an extra special thing that you can do for yourself during those times? I was recently attuned in Reiki, like just a few weeks ago. So I just really have been tuning into that. And it's been really, really helpful. Reiki is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is. It really, it truly is. I, I absolutely love our time together. Is there anything else that you'd like to share that you think would benefit people? And what about your books? Can, how do people get your books if they're, if they're interested in them? Oh, um, it, my website is it's heartsofwellness.com. And your books are on that website? I believe it's on the front page. Yes. Awesome. And is there a cost to those or are they downloadable for free or is what would kind of a cost associated? Nope, there's no cost to it. And awesome. 
Awesome. So we'll put those, I will put those in the links to the, um, in the social media links. And when I upload the podcast too, so people have easy access to them. That's awesome. All right. Well, it has been really great chatting with you, Wendy. I'm so glad that we met and I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for everything that is coming for you. And, you know, congratulations on everything that you've been up to. And I'm just, I'm so excited for your future. And I know that you're going to have the occasion and the opportunity to really, really impact people. So thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. And I'm looking forward to seeing more great stuff that you're up to. Wonderful. Thanks, Wendy. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you.